What's up, fam? Welcome to Pedestal, Season 3. Man, it's been a minute, but I'm so excited to be back on here and uh, just doing this again, man. It's something that I enjoy and I love, and I'm excited to be back. I'm so thankful for those of y'all who are still with me, stuck it out through this whole time, or maybe uh, maybe you're new, this is your first time listening in, and welcome. We'd love to have you. We're excited for you. And um, if you don't know, Pedestal is a community of people who understand that though each human is a beautifully crafted piece of art, we're not the greatest artwork in the museum. In fact, our cracks and fractures are not even worthy of display, yet we know that we are still valuable. Our value, however, is found in elevating the perfect artwork in order to glorify the master artist, our creator. So we get to live our lives as the pedestal, elevating Jesus Christ, elevating the Father, elevating the Holy Spirit high above all things. So welcome. I don't even know where to begin, I guess. There's been just a lot going on in my life and my in my psyche over the past, I guess, year um, year and a half since I last posted and I, I was last on here and whew, I don't know I just uh, yeah I don't even fully know where to begin but let's just skip to today skip to this part where I'm at and kind of walking through some of this because I just watched a video a guy named Ruslan KD um, on YouTube I like his channel um He's got a lot of good stuff on there. Again, just because, you know, somebody says that they like their stuff or we advocate for their stuff doesn't mean you agree with every single aspect or every single way that they think about. We have to get out of that mindset. That's something that this culture, this cancel culture is creating that we live in, um, where it's like if I don't agree with everything, then, you know, they're not a good person or they're not somebody that you can trust or advocate for, and that's just not the case. So, anyways... That was a side note, but man, um, and it was a whole thing, um, on, uh, talk about Michael Todd and, and something that he had, Pastor Mike Todd out of, out of Tulsa Transformation Church, he had kind of done this, uh, illustration where he kind of spit on his hands and rubbed them on a, on a dude's eye at church to kind of show an imagery of of the healing that Jesus did to the blind man, he he was, and it was Michael Todd giving an apology afterward because evidently it went viral, and all this stuff and people were you know kind of trashing it and and trashing Michael Todd and all this kind of stuff and so he Michael Todd came out made an apology and was just kind of saying hey yo I I really care about the kingdom of God and and getting the message of Christ out there and I'm willing to go to extreme lengths to do so. And sometimes um, I'll, I'll accidentally take those too far. And he said, I, I watched it again. He said, it's, it's disgusting seeing that. And so he apologizes. And it was interesting. It was super interesting. But um, that wasn't the main thing. Ruslan then continues on. And he talks about qualified pastors. And, and he loves him and Michael Todd are, are buddies and stuff. And but So he's not trashing him or dogging him or anything. But he, he mentions in the in the episode that, you know, I think Pastor Mike, he's and he's like, I've said it before, man, I feel like my, Pastor Mike is more meant for um, 
being a content content creator uh, as opposed to maybe a pastor of a church and he's and obviously he doesn't know the ins and outs of of what pastor mike does on a regular basis and I've went to transformation a few times back in its older stages and loved it. Loved him, loved how um, he seemed to care for the church and, and everybody there kind of had a relationship with him. It's gotten a lot bigger, and so I don't know how you know all that plays out, but this isn't a talk about transformation church time. This is more of, of a reflection for me um, because in that video, Ruslan talks about like, yo, like everybody feels like we are tied to this box, right? And that there's, that if, if you love Jesus and want to talk about Jesus, well, go be a pastor. Or, you know, if you love music and you love Jesus, go be a worship leader. And he's essentially saying, that doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Be creative, do something out of the box, do something out of the norm that you feel you have been sculpted for, created for. And he talks about how he's a content creator. He's like, I'm not, a, he said, he's not a pastor. Ruslan says he's not a pastor because he's like, I'm not built that way. I'm not built to just shepherd a flock. He's like, I'm not built to sit for long periods of time over or a long, over a long course of time with the same people working through same struggles and, and those issues with those people. He's like, I am passionate about the gospel. I'm an evangelist. And, um, he said, I'm, I'm more of a preacher and less of a actual shepherd. He said, so this is why I do content creations. Cause I can do this. I can get these messages out. I'm passionate about, it. I can, you know, go down my own Avenue and, and be creative in those ways. Um, with, without having to feel like I'm shoving myself in a box that I'm not built for in being a, 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 a overseer or an elder at a church. And he kind of he kind of walks through some of um, you know the the qualifications in First Timothy, and it's very interesting. So let me let me just read some of First Timothy three here, um, and then I'll get to where I'm going. He says, or First Timothy First Timothy three says, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer therefore must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household competently and have his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation among outsiders, so that he does not fall into disgrace and the devil's trap. And that's and then it goes into deacons and it talks about some of that stuff. Um, but just as far as overseers or pastors, right? That's whether you're talking about you know the 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 head pastor or one of the main pastors right um it's just very interesting to to read it that way um and i've read this passage multiple times but ruslan points out he's like man how many people you know who are ages 24 to 31 do you know can actually fit these criteria not new converts you know husband of one wife um and I guess you don't have to be a husband, but it's it's more saying, you know, if you if you are a husband, you have to be with one wife. 
Um, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome or greedy. Have your children under control with dignity. Um, you know, have a good reputation among outsiders. Uh, not be a new convert. Uh, or Because it says you might become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. And how many, you know? I, I think in, in my life, I've, I've, I'm 20, what am I? 28 now I'm 28 and uh you know I felt like when I've had intern roles I was an intern at a church out in Oklahoma um when I was like 24 years old and I was always kind of out there I struggled with um uh comparison probably more than ever because I was, you know, 24 and there were multiple other youth pastors at the church who were lead past leading youth pastors who were 24, 25. And, you know, I was an intern and I'm like, man, what, what am I doing? Why is this taking so long? You know? And it's because society has kind of given me this timeline. And even in the, the society, meaning the church, the church kind of has this process of, okay, you've graduated, you go to seminary or, or maybe not. And then you, go into the church, you kind of do this intern role and then you get, you know, put in to a position of authority where you're a pastor. And a lot of times that's, you know, around 24, 25 years old, you, you kind of dive into that and you trek on. Um, and I think in my mind that that system and that, uh, structure is just kind of implanted. Uh, even if I don't realize it's a comparison game and I think when you just take this first Timothy three to bare bones and kind of read it, um, man, it's, it really makes you think, you know, why do I expect to be 28 and be able to fulfill all these things, you know, to be able to, to meet these standards. And it's, it's solely because that's just the way that the society is, has kind of pushed it and the church has kind of pushed it. But man, I, I I think we we are at least I rush into things so much, and I expect you know a a process, and I kind of look at my wife who is a, a general surgery resident, um, and she's always had this process. Okay, go you go to school, then after, you know, high school you go to undergrad, then after you graduate undergrad you go to med school for four years, and after med school you get into your residency. Um, and then after your residency, you can become an attending or you go to fellowship or whatever, and then you become an attending. And it's just this process year by year that you know what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're there. And, um, I don't know. I believe that I, I look at all these systems, whether, you know, to become a teacher or whatever it may be. And there's a system in place that, hey, once you finish this training, this schooling, then you go on and you become the thing that you've worked so hard to become. And I also apply that to the church when it's it, it, it shouldn't be applied that way because as these standards show, it's not just about, you know, getting trained in a certain way or, or having an, enough knowledge or, you know, wis, wisdom necessarily, but it's about lifestyle. It's It's... It's about experience. It's about, you know, what you've, how God has shaped you through time and, and tests, you know, and how he's built you to become able to be 
a pastor, somebody who will sit, somebody who's not going to waver after four years in the ministry and, and say, I shouldn't be in this. Do I even believe this anymore? And you see so many pastors who are kind of falling out of some of that, um, big name people in, in the news. And and it makes you just wonder if they dove into something before they were ready, uh, before God really primed and prepped them because they saw an opportunity and they they confused an opportunity to dive into the ministry as God sovereignly ordaining them to do that. You know, um, so I don't know. It's it's a very interesting thing to to think about for me, and it's a, it actually makes me very thankful that I've never really had a a pastor role. Uh, as as funny as that is, because you know, as I've kind of craved one over the past few years, but I just don't think I'm ready, man. To be honest, and after hearing that uh, message, and um, which I just kind of stumbled upon. And then really diving into First Timothy three here, it's 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 very um, convicting and relieving because it's like, man, God's timing is not my timing. I shouldn't expect to be twenty eight and be ready for this role or twenty four like I thought I was ready for it back you know four years ago, because uh, I wasn't. I wasn't, and just just a little. Uh, poke through the portal here to to see inside my life a bit is man I, I've over the past probably close to a year I guess I've really struggled with understanding scripture and who Jesus is and how he plays and ties in with the Trinity and the Godhead and I, I know all the church lingo and I know all the churchy answers and I but there's just been a a deep wondering and um, sense of um, uh, understanding fragility, if that even makes sense, but where I where I know it, but it's very easily shaken, and I question it all, right? And who Jesus was, and how you know he plays out with the Old Testament. And again, I know the ties. I've heard a billion sermons on it. I've heard a lot of people discuss. Um, the the you know the prophecies that were fulfilled and how this is obviously him and I believe those things, but there's still just this deep questioning and so I'm really diving into some of that. But it, to be honest, it's kind of it, it pulled me away from a time, uh, for a time from Bible study. It pulled me away for a time from worship, and um, just had me questioning a lot of like, man, what is this? Because I don't think I ever really fully did that. I was always kind of taught one thing. I believed it. I had some uh, times in college where people pushed back and they were really good, but I always had a quick answer um, because I'm fairly decent at uh, debating. It's just a natural gift that I was kind of given with. Um, and so I've always been able to kind of push back enough to where I feel content, even though maybe deep down I don't, fully believe or know what I'm, you know, pushing or advocating for. So anyways, say all that, like going through that, if I, if I think back, like, man, if I would have got a, a pastor role when I was 24 or 25, you know, I would have probably eventually came to a point like that where, you know, I started questioning things. I started questioning, um, 
the validity of Jesus as God and or is he just a a, a prophet that God sent or, or a, you know a perfect spiritual being that God sent to do the work but not to be praised or worshiped and then I would then I would have been unfit for ministry because then I would have be either backing out of the ministry or teaching people something that I don't truly believe or am not truly convicted of and um that wouldn't have been good for the ministry. And so now God is, has been pulling me and, and reintroducing me to Jesus and showing me how he is God and showing me um, how he is the word of God. He was there from the beginning of time. He is a true part of the Trinity that he, you know, the son of God doesn't just mean he is, you know, uh, a, a being a part, you know, that's tied to God, but it's actually he is God. And he's he's reteaching me some of that, and obviously I'm still struggling through some of it. But that's part of the life that we walk. But I, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to talk about this stuff without having to think of myself as a shepherd and teaching stuff, and and training people and got a flock that I'm leading. That when I say these things, that I'm struggling with these things, um, that it doesn't it doesn't disperse the flock that's gathering and all the work that God's doing in people's lives because I'm not in charge of those things. God hasn't put me in charge of those things um, and those groups. And so I'm actually very thankful for that now. And tonight, I've, I, it's really kind of hit me, and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful for that. That, And that is a, an obvious reason that God hasn't given me that ministry role, that main pastoral role. But also... Um, man, like I don't need to be rushing it here. And I don't even feel like I'm rushing it here all the time, but I, I think internally I am. And I just want to be there already. But dude, I'm I'm 28. You know, there's a lot of life that I haven't even experienced yet. Um, you know, I've only been married a couple years, a few, four years going on five. I've got a kid who's two. There's so much more that God is teaching me and training me in. And I know that's the same for pastors too, people who God has obviously placed in those positions who's, who who he has equipped uh, for those roles already and given them the positions. I know that you're always going to be growing and learning and and um, becoming more mature and complete, lacking in nothing as, uh, as James, in the language of James. But I know that right now that is not where I'm at, that I'm not at a point that fits these standards. Um, and I am, I'm now learning to be patient and understand that that's okay. There's a lot of life to live. And even if not, like that may not be what God set out for me, even though he's given me a hunger for it, that may not be what he set out for me. But if it is, he'll put me there in the right time. If I follow the course and stop trying to, jump into something because it's an opportunity to further my career or to further uh, my ego. Um, you know, just allow Christ to uh, to work in me, allow the Spirit to change me and to um, help me become somebody who is fit for that role and allow God's to, the Father to sovereignly uh, place me there in His time. And... Uh, yeah, just, just walking that way. So, I don't know, it's very interesting to me, and uh, I just thought I should get on here because 
if nothing else, just to log it down, to log this as, um, as a, almost a timestamp for me, for me spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and as a reminder to myself of, you know, it's all right, slow down, trust God through the process and be thankful that he hasn't given you things that you wished for in, in previous years because he knew better. <laughs> you know, I, I would have had no clue four years ago, three years ago, uh, even two years ago that I would have walked through some of these spiritual struggles that I've walked through and, and trying to digest and, and rethink and, um, yeah, uh, um, reconstruct, I guess, this the Christianity that I've, that I've always known and loved and believed. But, you know, I walked through it and I'm still kind of walking through it. I'm walking out of it. I believe in walking back in to seeing this and and understanding, getting a new fresh look at the truth that I believed or that I believed in maybe in knowledge only, um, in mind only for so many years that now it's, it's truly becoming a heart, um, a heart faith, if that makes any sense. But man, yeah, I just wanted to get on here and, and share this with you all and again, time stamp it for myself and hold myself accountable to being reminded of that, that God, man, he's so much greater. He's so much bigger. He's so much more powerful and you know Jesus didn't die you know just so that we can have our our cush perfect lives and get everything that we want in the timing that we want but he died so that we can have a relationship with the father and um you know the that relationship and that is what builds us to be trusting of what God has for us in the future uh what he's allowed us to go through in our past and to just cherish the present, to just absolutely cherish the present. Um, because you know, that's where heaven meets earth is in the right now. That's all we can experience. That's all we can know. Uh, I think CS Lewis had kind of mentioned that, you know, the, the past always gives us, uh, gives way to regret. Focusing on the past gives way to regret and focusing on the future gives way to fear, but focusing on the present and the right now and the moment um, that we're in um, allows us to touch heaven in a way that that we can't when we focus on the past or the future. And um, so I'm being encouraged in that. Again, I've mentioned before that contentness is my you know most fierce battle, my most fierce struggle in my life. And I don't fully feel like I'm discontent. Uh, I love my life and what's going on with Moses and all these two. And he's running around and talking and doing so many cool things that I get to be a part of. And seeing my wife grow so much in her knowledge and understanding of of the human body. And, and being able to fix it and play that role in healing. And our marriage growing and, and just getting to know her and see her at a, at, at a different, more deeper level has been amazing. So I love my life. I don't feel discontent, but I I do think that there's still this kind of gap where I've I want a certain role and I've always wanted and had a hunger for a certain role and I don't have it yet. But 
that's what's been so beautiful, I guess, about today. That's made me so motivated to to speak about this. Because, yo, man, like, it's all right, dude. Like, I'm 28. Chill. Like, this is not um, atypical for the way that God works in, in, in the stories of the Bible. This is not atypical. Um, I just need to be patient. I just need to trust that God is building me and sculpting me for a role. And he, he's already sculpted me up to this point for the role that I currently have of being a stay-at-home dad um, and a husband and a friend and, and putting the people around me to love on and to allow them to love on me, which is a struggle that I have. But anyways, that's a whole nother message. So love you guys, man, so much. And I appreciate you for giving me a, list, a listening ear. And I hope that this... Um, this reaches somebody the way that it has me tonight, man, because it's, it's just powerful, powerful stuff to me. And, man, God is so good. God is so good, and I just need to trust his timing, and I need to trust uh, his reasoning because it will all play out in the end. And in the end of my life, I'll understand at least more fully, maybe not completely, but more fully that, why it took so long or maybe you know anyways why it took so long for me to get these things that I had prayed for maybe that I never even get because I think I need something I think I I should have something that maybe will destroy me in the long run (laughs) so love you guys thanks much love god bless goodbye